Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be discussing Akashic books and how to move from the limitations of using them like oracles to interactive reading of all the information provided. One of the most common questions I get from students is why, closely followed by what does this mean? They may not understand why an object or being showed up when or how they did or the reason why they saw a particular scene in their soul book. They may think they have a label or name for something, but then it makes no sense in context or doesn't seem to answer the question they were asking. Events, experiences, or scenes might be inserted into something they're working on and seem completely random, like a Monty Python sketch, or change the tone of things completely. This can lead to confusion or even bewilderment, and often the student is left trying to figure things out much in the way one plays charades, by trying to guess one section of a message or name at a time and then piece them all together. The answer to this is... With objects, beings, and events in the Akashics, there's not one answer, but instead a need to nurture things like a relationship. Friendship isn't one and done, like solving a math equation. It's something which develops through showing up, sharing the large and small things, and continuing to do so over a longish period of time. To understand the meaning of things and beings in the Akashics, we must go back regularly. Spend more time, be willing to suspend our need to make meaning out of things, and instead listen to and accept what is being offered. Hold the object and allow it to tell you what it means. Introduce yourself to your animal guide or spirit guide or librarian and ask what they want to tell or show you. Give yourself permission to slow down, receive, and make meaning later. With soul books, it's both a bit easier than this and a bit harder. Most soul book sections are formatted with the experiential and visual portion on the left-hand page and the detailed description and explanation on the right. So the why and what does it mean is literally spelled out for the reader. It's in the act of reading that things become more difficult. Moving beyond experiential accessing into reading text takes a new level of effort and skill from the reader. In order to read a book or document, the student must develop the skill to direct and control the format. Instead of accepting whatever information is provided with the assumption the book or document knows what is best and most pertinent, to read a book means entering into conversation with it. Those students who actually look at the right-hand pages sometimes report they don't see anything there. This isn't because there's nothing there, but instead, they aren't yet ready technically to do this type of reading. They're being directed to work with the visual and experiential information on the left. It's a bit like Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars saying, These aren't the droids you're looking for. To check if there's text hidden there, simply place your hand in the middle of the page. This will give you access and often cause the page to show the text, much like in a movie where the letters appear as if ink were linking onto the page. Other students see the text there, but note it's not in any language they recognize, so they simply move on without trying to read it. 
Soulbook pages display either in the language most relevant for the information being communicated or in a language or script which is most useful for the soul, not necessarily for this embodiment. However, like everything else in a soulbook, the text is interactive and so will adjust for the ease of the reader. Reading begins when the reader focuses on the words. Looking at the text will cause a line to highlight like someone has placed a bar magnifier over it. The words for this line will become brighter than the rest of the page and will translate into the primary language of the reader. They will remain this way until the reader has read them. This means the book can display in any written language and be read in whichever direction the language is meant to display. For example, in English, this is from top left to bottom right. In Hebrew, from right to left. And for Chinese, this is in columns top to bottom. As the reader moves from row to row, the highlight moves with them, untranslating what has been read and translating what comes next. Within the text, there are concepts and types of information which may defy translation. They appear as words like the rest of the text, but when the reader reads them, they impart concentrated information much like a complex symbol or visual experience. I call these words nuggets, as relating them to someone else can take hours, and entire books worth of spoken words. One example of this might be coming across the word love in a book, and in the process of reading it, the word begins unpacking all the poetry of Rumi, the writings of Plato and Aristotle, the mystery teachings of Eros, and so on. The information must be experienced, but this is not the same as oracular experience from a soul book where experiencing is part of the message. Instead, this is the means by which books and documents in the Akashics do not suffer from misinterpretation. Words which can mean a plethora of things simply hold all of the relevant meanings in them connected with the topic and provide those meanings as necessary. So, reading one word in a book can take an entire reading section. The text on the right-hand page is directly linked to the image on the left-hand page, and so as the words are read, the image will change. Just as the text is translated from its native form to the primary language of the reader, the image will adjust to the level of information accessed, the access rate, and what aspects are the focus. This reflects the conversational aspect of the process. Just as we don't monologue at our friends or loved ones, but engage in a back and forth which creates the conversation as much as draws information from it, so any book or document will adjust the type and flow of information displayed. A reader also has the ability to ask for this to be adjusted. If the information isn't going deep enough, if the display isn't fast enough, if things are going too fast or in too chaotic a manner, the reader is not relegated to just living with it, but instead can ask for changes. Hence, the right-hand page can be just as multidimensional as the left-hand page of a book. There are layers and levels of information to each page, and the reader has the ability to decide how much to access. While this process may seem focused on the intellect, just as reading is an embodied life, the process is actually as holistic as accessing a soul book. While reading, the information is not only taken in by the mind, but, like a time-release capsule, is also fed into the body via the akasha or prana and will continually inform the reader 
throughout the next few hours or even days as the soul and the body adjust and sink to this new knowing. It becomes, quite literally, muscle memory and body knowing. It's quite common for even the best of students to struggle at first with reading text. The skill to do so requires a type of personal prana or energy focus, which most people only acquire through practice. It's a bit like taking a class in something physical for the first time and discovering muscles you didn't realize you had. While you may be able to stay in the Akashics for 15 minutes to two hours at a stretch with regular meditation, you might be able to focus on reading for a minute or two at best when you first try. This is not because you're doing it wrong, but because your muscles aren't yet strong enough to do more. People often pop out of the meditation suddenly or get a mild headache like they have eye strain. They can start to feel cold and nauseous like they have low blood sugar or get ravenously hungry, even hangry. Like developing any other skill, 10,000 hours of practice will make you a maestro. So rather than thinking a bit of difficulty in the beginning is a signal you shouldn't do it or you can't, realize it's just a place to start and keep going. Learning to read text on the right-hand page of your soul book has additional benefits. Most books and documents in the Akashic Library use text almost exclusively. Learning to read books and documents is exceedingly helpful for those who wish to move beyond their personal growth to other areas of education and development. For students who want to retrieve ancient healing practices and translate them into the 21st century, being able to read the books concerning them is priceless. It takes the guesswork and need for intuitive processing out of the picture by providing explicit instructions and sometimes suggestions on how to combine them with existing modalities. Students who are interested in exploring the soul and body connection more fully can fill themselves with levels of knowledge. Those curious about beings from other planets, the various dimensions, or the ecology of the stars have entire wings in the library they can access filled with books ranging from the purpose for and educational lessons available on each planet to the societies and social structures of the beings embodying there. For those interested in knowing the details concerning totems or specific angels, there are books on each of these as well. For working with a book which is not your soul book, the easiest way to start is to say, thank you for letting me work with you. The next thing is to request the information display on the pages. This does two things. It deselects oracular visuals and also gives the book a sample of the reader's mental language and symbol format, which allows it to translate the information into a digestible form. Once this is done, the book can be opened. If a non-soul book is willing to display visuals, it often does so through 3D pop-ups above the pages. These can be fallen into for an experiential review of the information. However, this is often very confusing as the information is without context. The pages will show the text underneath the visual, and focusing on the text will disable the visual and allow for interactive reading. With soul contracts, having the ability to read text is key. Contracts do not display visuals nor allow for experiential review of information. Each individual involved will have a column of information which is in the process of writing and updating if the contract is still active. Both sides will be influencing each other in real time. 
To understand a contract, the reader must be able to read each column individually and understand the interconnected nature of them as well. As a side note, this is the same skill necessary to read the current life section of a soul book with any accuracy. Once you can read, not just access, books in the Akashic Library, there are no limits to what you can learn. You can also turn around and use these same skills with your own soul book to deepen your personal learning. So, what's on your reading list? And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can see all my other offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.